Well, I've gotten so used to handing out these multi-page things that when I finished today and looked at it, I said, man, this is, I don't think we'll go 15 minutes tonight, but I bet we do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will. Pretty sure we will. Hey, I want to, uh, first of all, I want to tell you that tomorrow night at um, 6.30, at 6.30, we'll have a men's fellowship tomorrow night here at the church, 6.30, and uh, we'll have a meal that night, and I think Sam Spurlock is the one that's going to be speaking tomorrow night, so uh, if you have, if you, if you can, make it out tomorrow night and, and hear one of our teenagers um, I'm so glad that God's raising up some teenagers and doing some things around here. We're just real blessed about that. So tomorrow night at 6.30, Men's Fellowship. Be sure and make it out if you can. So um, trying to think of anything else I need to announce. Mother's Day's coming up, 14th of May. So remember that, Mother's Day. Get your mama something nice. So amen. Anybody have a testimony tonight? Okay. I noticed you had a bigger smile than normal. I thought well, something good must have happened. Well, go ahead. Okay. I've been way up in the panhandle for uh, about 10 weeks. And after the first week, I got to looking through the directory and went to a church to go to. Well, I found a Assembly of God church up there. Yeah. So I showed up at the door, and there was this elderly gentleman. And he and I began to talk a little bit, and he was smiling. We shook hands, and I went there and kind of sat in the middle of the church. Had a few feet behind me and a few in front of me, you know. And uh, it was uh, it was pretty cold in there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyway, and the pastor, he uh, he said, well, he said, uh, he said, I got this brother Tom here that uh, come down here, Tom. It was that fellow I was talking to out there. He come down there and he got telling. He said, uh, he said they say that his uh, stent in his heart's plugged up, and they say that his valve's bad in his heart. And he's fixing to go down to Amarillo and get some testing done, and they're gonna fix what they gotta fix, or whatever, you know. And they had these four little old young kids about this tall. I was kind of lined up around there, and they was looking around, you know, and and. Uh, Y'all know what it's like whenever you, have you ever lost your, your child, your son, or your grandkids got away from you? You was doing something and you and you looked up and, and they were gone. You know the panic you feel? Well, I felt that panic about that time. And it was like God said, you need to get up and you need to, you need to build that man's faith up because it's cold in here. And I, I, I stood up and I, pastor, pastor, pastor. <laughs> As and pastor, I'm. Where you want to go? You want to go to Beaumont or you want to go to Houston? I 
could take me to the Methodist in Houston. He said, Brother, I think I'm bad wrong here. I said, and by the time we got over there, I walked in the emergency room door. I said, I told the man at the desk what was going on. I said, that fast they had an EKG machine on me. Before my wife got in there with him, had me in a room over there. I said, in a little while I was down there and the, they was doing a nuclear stress test on me. I said, I failed that nuclear stress test. I said, the next morning they had, they had all these, you know, Houston, they got all them heart specialists over there. I said, tomorrow they're going to do a turogram on you. And, and uh, that doctor in there said, I'm going to fix what I can fix. If you can't, because I got somebody else that can fix it. I said, okay, doc. Well, from the time and all that happened, I got in there. So I said, I got in there in that, in that arterogram. I said, I was laying there awake looking at that big TV screen. And there was four of them in there, three doctors and a nurse. I said, they shoot that dye in there. And you look at that screen, it looked like 4th of July. That dye just go all over there. And they, they were talking. They said, hmm, ain't nothing wrong in there. I said, well, that's nothing good. I wish it wasn't in there. And I said, I'm looking at this trying to figure out what I'm looking at. You know, and my heart fell. And they did work on my leg. And man, he'd move that thing around. It'd go up in another country on my heart. And they'd shoot that dye in there. Ain't nothing wrong in there. And they got to the last one. They said, hmm, there's a little obese lady. That's less than 20%. I said, I'm here to tell y'all that from the time I got that nuclear stress test until then, God had done healed my heart. Amen. I said, God took care of that problem that I had there. And brother, I'm just going to tell you that God can do the same thing for you. That's the time that pastor said, hey, did you come down here? <laughs> I said, Where's the oil at? Got the oil went to him. And two more men come down there with me. And it wasn't long. The, the fire of God was all over me. And it wasn't long when I laid hands on that man that I, I felt the fire of God go in that man. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I began to, to, to speak in the spirit. And that man began to speak in the spirit. And it lit the whole church up. And then I kept saying, stay down by myself again. And they was all looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy went, that was on a Sunday. That guy went Wednesday to Amarillo. And uh, got his stuff done. Well, I went to church that night with him. And uh, that pastor, she said, uh, he said, well, Tom's got a, got a, a testimony to tell Sunday. So went back next Sunday. Tom got down there and he was sprinting around there and his testimony was about verbatim to what I told him God had done for me. Amen. And his his stint was clear and his bowel was okay. Amen. So they done an arterogram on him and sent him on his way. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. We're not trying to satisfy the people you're talking to. We're trying to satisfy the God that sent you down there. Amen. 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 Every cold place needs a little wildfire in it every now and then. Amen. You don't know you're cold till something hot shows up. You don't know you're dry. You don't you you can you can sit there and wither on the vine and not even know you're withering. Till something shows up that <laughs> lights your world up. Thank you, brother. Good deal. Amen. Thank you for being obedient. Anybody else have a praise report? 
Yes, ma'am. Great woman of faith there. Amen. You can. You bet.
know, Ava, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you what I've got in my mind, and I feel like that. I feel like that the Holy Spirit wants you to know that because you've made this step of faith, there's a lot of things about to change in your life. The prayers you've prayed, the things you've wondered if they were ever going to happen. I think the Holy Spirit was just waiting on you to get to that measure of faith that you needed, so that He could begin to pour in. And, and I think over the, I just think, and I hate to put a time period on it because I really don't hear the Lord giving me a time period, but I do hear him say that there are a lot of things that about to change in your life. <laughs> oh, God. Heavenly Father, I pray right now, oh, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All the gifts and promises of God, hallelujah, coming together and purpose, Father God, in place, oh God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for this step of faith that she's made, God. And now I thank you, oh God, that this step, this step has opened the door, Father God, to a multitude of promises being released, oh God. To a multitude of promises being released. And God, we praise you and thank you, Almighty God, that no prayer that we offer up, Lord God, is offered up in vain, oh God, if it's offered up in faith. And God, I thank you today, oh God, for release, for the release of the promises that you have promised Ava, Lord God, that's now possible, Father, because of the step that she's made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody else tonight have a quick testimony? Okay. Wow, congratulations. Sweeter as the years go by. Amen. 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 Veronica?
Amen. 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 Well, we're talking about prayer, and the sheet that you have says stay in prayer. Last week we talked about setting an atmosphere, that in order for a prayer to be effectual and fervent, we have to set an atmosphere. And last week we talked about that that atmosphere is, as Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, he said, Rejoice evermore. And rejoicing, what we did tonight, rejoicing, rejoicing in the healing that we've seen, rejoicing in a new job, rejoicing in the healing, rejoicing in a marriage, rejoicing. Those things are what ushers in the presence of God. If you ever want to stop what God is doing, if you want, if you want to stop it dead in its tracks, then start complaining about something you've got no business complaining about and cry when you've got no reason to cry. And God will stop. He'll just wait for you to get done. And if you want to do it the rest of your life, then he'll just sit there and wait on you. Because God is good. God is good. God is good. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. With him there is no variableness. There's no variableness with him. No variableness. And there's no shadow of turning. You know what that means? There's no chance. He's, there's, he's, not, he's not changing his mind. He doesn't vary in what he's doing, and he doesn't have a shadow of turning. There's no, there's no he's, he's rock solid in what he, what he knows. And so rejoicing in the Lord sets the atmosphere. And once you've got the atmosphere set, we talked last week about Elisha. Uh, the kings came to Elisha. They were complaining about their situation, and the first thing Elisha said was, bring me a minstrel. Bring me somebody to come and play. Bring me somebody to help me get my mind off of all this complaining and all this stuff that's going on. Help give me somebody that can, that, you know, even, even Saul, whenever he had an evil spirit, David would come in and play and change the atmosphere in the room. Some Sunday mornings when we come here, you can feel the atmosphere change. We come in here and it seems like, as, as, as Mike says, it feels like I'm trying to walk in wet cement. And then the atmosphere will change. You know, the atmosphere is what makes it. That's why Jesus said when you, when you pray, how do you start? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, holy, powerful is your name. To set an atmosphere. There's no, there's no sense in starting to bring all your requests to the Lord if you hadn't even entered into the throne room. God doesn't take air mail. He doesn't have an email address. You got to be face to face. He don't have a Facebook either. You got to look at him. Got to be there. Got to get in there. But then once you get in there, all things are possible. So sitting in the atmosphere through rejoicing, rejoice evermore. Then the next thing is always a scripture that I've heard talked about a thousand times: pray without ceasing. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about praying without ceasing. So if you look on your sheet. Uh, a man named Adam Clark, who wrote a commentary back in the 1700s, says the religion of Christ was intended to remove misery. I thought that was a good phrase. The religion of Christ was intended to relieve, to remove misery. We are dependent upon God for every good. Without Him, you can do nothing. Feel that dependence at all times, and you will always be in a spirit of prayer. And those who feel the Spirit will be found in the exercise of prayer. 
So when it says pray without ceasing, it doesn't so much mean that you're constantly offering up a prayer as much as it means that you're constantly in an attitude where you are praying, where you could pray. You know, you may be, you may be cutting out a weld and needing to concentrate on what you're doing. But while you're doing that, you still remain in an attitude of prayer so that if you finish and somebody said, Brother, I need prayer, you wouldn't have to say, well, bring me a minstrel. <laughs> bring me somebody that's got some Christian music on their phone so I can get in the mood to pray for you. The concept is to stay in that position, to stay in the presence of God, even you know, so that, so that that presence surrounds you. You may not always be praying. You may not always be offering something up, but to continue to stay in that position, just like Adam Clark said. He said, always be in the spirit of prayer, and those who feel this spirit will be found in the exercise of prayer. The word ceasing means exactly what it says, uninterruptedly, without omission, without ceasing, permanent, continual. So to pray without ceasing means to constantly be in the presence of the Lord so that you could, should the need arise, pray for somebody. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how many times in my life, and I thank God for every time that somebody's come to me wanting to borrow a dollar or wanting to, wanting to talk to me about something on the, at the gas pump or, or whatever, and it used to aggravate me because I guess I got a howdy-doody face because everybody seems to want to come. They think I got money or something. I don't know. But anyway, they all come to me, and I used to get really mad about it. But one day I said, you know, this could be the Lord bringing, me, bringing these people to me, and I decided that I didn't, I'd always keep a dollar close by in my pocket or something so I didn't have to dig in my wallet, and I would give it to them if they would agree to let me pray for them. And I've seen lots of times where I did nothing more than just pray. Gave them a dollar, they, they wandered off. But I have seen times where I prayed and I've seen God touch, move, minister, move their hearts. But that requires that we stay in a, in a, in a mindset where we can do that. Um, while it's not possible to be constantly in prayer, it is possible to be constantly aware of his presence and constantly ready to pray. In the expositor's commentary, it says this. This is really good. Lifting, up, lifting the heart of God while one is occupied with miscellaneous duties is the vital thing. Verbalized prayer will be spontaneous and will punctuate someone's daily schedule. So have you ever been somewhere, driving down the road, working on a job, picking up groceries, and all of a sudden felt the Holy Spirit well up in you and just said, hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, my God. Have you, have you, that's, that's, a, that's, what the, that's what this whole thing's talking about. To constantly be in that position, you know, no matter what you're doing, to where you can know when the presence of God is moving. You know, so many times the presence of God is moving, but there's no receptor there that feels it, that understands it, that hears it, you know. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an old story that everybody in the world has heard about 
the British military, back when they first came out with Morse code, they were looking, they were looking to promote somebody to be a Morse code operator. And so they invited, they, they all took tests and they invited the top four guys into this, into an interview. And so these guys came into the interview. This is a true story, by the way. These four guys came into this interview and they came in there and they were talking and they were reading and they were waiting for their names to be called. Well, after a little while, one of them got up and walked through a side door. And in a little while, he came out and the guy came out behind him and said, okay, guys, we, we're done. And the other three guys said, wait a minute. You, you didn't call anybody's name. You didn't invite anybody back. He said, oh, yeah. He said, we've been issuing Morse code in this room. We've been, we've, been, we've been tapping out Morse code in this room that says, if you can understand this, come in the side door. And there's only one guy that heard it. Why did the one guy hear it? Why did he hear it? He was listening for it. He heard it. He, he, it caught his attention. The other three were goofing, like 20-year-old guys tend to do. They're goofing. They're fooling around. They're, they're joking with each other. They're not listening. But the one that was listening is the one that understood what the code was saying and went and got the job. And it's the same way with us. Peter and John walked by the man at the gate beautiful every day for no telling how many years. That guy had been there all his life. He had people take him there every day. They went to prayer every day. They passed that guy every day asking an alm. But one day when they passed him by, they heard the Holy Spirit say, raise him up. Raise him up. And it's the same way with us. If we set an attitude of prayer, if we keep an atmosphere of prayer around us, not saying you can't goof off, not saying you can't joke around, not saying you can't do those things, because you can. I mean, we're, you know, we're human, and, and those things, that's, that's part of life, and I, I love joking around and cutting up. But I can't go so far with it that I lose my prayerful attitude. Do you understand what I'm saying there? I can't get so far into joking that I get off into coarse jesting. The Bible says to abstain from coarse jesting. And if I get so far into it that I start, I get too far with it, then I start silencing my ears to hear what God's saying because I'm too busy being a cut-up, too busy trying to be funny. Is that making any sense? And I don't hear what God's saying. Or if I get too upset about something that's going on, and I, and I let it start getting under my skin that I can't hear what God's saying. Or if, if I get, even if I get, even if I get too involved in something that I'm doing, even if it's something good, so that when somebody comes in and they have a need, I don't see the need. You know? That's, that's part of that continual hearing what the Lord has said. Isaiah, Isaiah, let's look at a couple of scriptures here. I already see I'm talking too much. Isaiah 62, or 26, same difference, just different letters, different order. 26, Isaiah 26, verse 2. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. 
Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Let's go over to a, to a similar scripture in Romans. Let's look at something in the New Testament. Book of Romans. There it is. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. He says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. When you're in the flesh, you see what's happening. When you're in the flesh, you see what's happening. But when you've got the mind of the Spirit, you see what's going on. There's a lot of difference sometimes between what's happening and what's going on. So the person who has got their mind stayed on Jesus, the one who is praying without ceasing, tends to see what's happening or what's going on more than what they see what's happening. In the flesh, it may look like it's getting worse and worse and worse. But in the spirit, you know God's lining things up. It, there's a lot of difference between knowing, seeing what's happening and knowing what's going on. Let's look one more place, and that's Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, listen to this passage. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man hath a quarrel against any, any as Christ forgave you, so do also ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To the which you are also called in one body, and be ye, what? Thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song. Singing with grace in your hearts to God. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Man, what a great passage. What a great passage. If, if our minds are settled on Christ, then our daily thoughts and our attitude, our attitude, our attitude <laughs> will be alive with these four things. If, you're, if Christ is in your daily thoughts, if, if these things that I just read to you in Colossians 3, 12 through 17, if those things are working in our mind, then we'll find that our thoughts and our attitude will be alive with four things. Number one, it will be alive with worship. Worship is our honesty to God about God. It's our honesty to God about God. It's the moment that, that you begin to say, oh God, you are great. Thank you, God, for a job. Wow, thank you, God. You are, man, you are so awesome. Worshiping God. Talking to, honesty to God about God. Speaking things that you know to be true. Those things will flow out of you. You know, I, 
My, my, I've told you this a hundred times. Whenever I was a, whenever I was a kid, my grandfather was a minister, and and we'd go. I'd go stay with him in the summer for a couple of weeks, and he lived in Houston, and we'd go over there. And Grandpa, Grandpa liked to make noises when he drive. He was always a, he always liked to drive big trucks. I mean, he didn't he didn't have one, but he liked he liked to drive them. He was a truck. He owned a trucking company back in the in the thirties and forties, and and he would always make sounds like air brakes. You know, he'd step on a car, step on the brakes. He'd go, you know making noises and you know that that just he like he liked to do that and uh but every now and then he'd stop and he'd just say well glory hallelujah you know and i and as a kid i'd go oh my goodness what in the world you know why is he doing that you know because he, he, he he's kind of loud you know and 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 i and i never could understand why he would do that and then as i got older um i was around people that would that God always put me in positions around people that would say that in public. And I kept thinking, oh, my goodness, that's embarrassing. But, you know, as I matured in Christ and as I got to where I had more of the mind of Christ, I find myself sometimes just being overwhelmed and just saying, praise God. Man, God, you're good. Or singing some song, walking in Walmart, singing a song, people staring at you, you know. Not, not to be seen, not to be heard, just because there's a worship flowing out of me. There's just, there's just something I want to worship God. I just, it's bubbling inside of me, and I don't want to hold it in. You know, you can hold it in if you want to, but if you let it out, then it flows freely. And if it flows, it keeps everything cleaned up. You know, you hold it in, and what does it do? It starts rotting. gets stagnant. It starts having bugs in it. Your spirit gets all messed up, and, and you start thinking things that aren't true. Why? Because you've got everything all stagnant. Just let it flow. Let it flow out. It's worship. The second thing is, is praise. Our honesty to ourselves about God. Praise is the thing. It's, it's honesty to ourselves about God. It's what God has done for me. What God has done for me. Lord, you've saved me. Turn my life around. Thank you, God, that you've delivered me from this. Thank you, God, that you've touched me from that. Thank you, God, that you've, you've prospered me. You've blessed me. You've, you've given me a you've given me a home you've given me the things that I need you it's a it's a praise that'll flow out of you whenever those things happen the next thing that you'll find is your thoughts and your attitude will be alive with testimony testimony is our honesty to a believer about God when you get around another believer you'll want to talk about God you'll want to talk about what God's done in your life and what God's done for you and and you'll start talking about the Lord why because you're in that attitude you're in that that that, that your daily thoughts, what you're doing, you're, you're staying in prayer. And the last thing that I wrote down there is witness, which is our honesty to an unbeliever about God. Our honesty to an unbeliever about God. You know, whenever you're in line at this grocery store and somebody's having a difficult time and the Holy Spirit, like Brent was talking about earlier, just prompts you and tells you to involve yourself in their conversation. And you do, and then God opens a door and you're able to witness you know, but you can't do that if you're not listening. You can't do that if you don't hear God. If you're caught up in your own little stuff and you're not in the constantly in that attitude of prayer. Um, verbalized prayers that we can pray through the day. So um, I'm just going to mention this because I've got three minutes, but I just want to mention this and Throughout the day, as the Lord prompts us, we 
we can offer up prayers to God. And, and one of the ways, one of the things is a prayer of adoration. And the prayer of adoration is a prayer from me to God about God. Um, when I said this today, hey, um, Carly, can you play that? When I said this today, I don't know how many of you know a singer named Keith Green, but when I, when I was reading this today, thinking about this and meditating on it, this song came to my mind, and, and I want you to listen to this song, and then we'll end tonight. talking about adoration so listen to this on monday night this week about midnight i wrote a letter to the lord i didn't know where to mail it so i put it in my bible and i asked him would you got to do something about my heart you know a lot of time's gone by since i met you and it's starting to harden up you know it's just kind of natural I want to have baby skin, Lord. I want to have skin like a baby on my heart. It's starting to get old and, and wrinkled and calloused. It's not because of anything I'm doing. It's because of a lot of things I'm not doing. And I stayed up till about two in the morning writing this song.
That is a song of adoration. Song of adoration. Stand with me tonight if you would. So pray without ceasing doesn't mean to continue to be verbalizing prayer, but it does mean to constantly be in an attitude of prayer. Yes, sir. do that as we're closing. Anybody else have a comment or something they'd like to say before we end here tonight? Okay. All right. Okay, so we'll remember these two, these two grandmothers, yes.
Okay. Well, we'll remember these. Remember these grandmothers. Yes, ma'am. Remember this, yes, ma'am. Okay, Kenny Gibson, your friend. Okay. 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 All right. Everybody has an earache tonight. Amen. Let's take these knees to the Lord with closing prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that your ear is not deaf and your arm is not short, Lord God, but you are a healer, O oh God. And I thank you, Almighty God, for the testimonies we've heard tonight, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that we have an opportunity, Lord, to bring these requests to you. Father God, you've heard these requests tonight, Lord God, and we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that thy kingdom would come and thy will would be done, Lord God. You said whatsoever we ask in prayer, believing it shall be done, Father. And we receive tonight, Lord God, healing and deliverance, Father God, in every area. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, O God, that you would lead us and guide us, Father. And Lord God, that you would help us tomorrow, Lord God, to begin, Father God, if we don't already. Lord God, to begin, Father God, to be conscious, Lord God, of a constant prayer, Father God. Constantly, Lord God, in a position, Father God, where we can hear your voice, O God, and know what you're saying, Lord. We thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity, Lord God, to study your word. We thank you for prayer. We thank you for anointing. And God, we just pray tonight, Almighty God, that your Holy Spirit would do great things, Lord God, that you would bless our men's ministry tomorrow night, Father. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would anoint Sam, O God, and you would anoint us to hear what the Lord is saying. And we just give you praise, Lord God, for every opportunity that you give us, O God, to worship you. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Men's Fellowship tomorrow night.